God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. God, we just thank you. We thank you most of all for your love, God, because love endures all. God, without love, God, we're nothing. God, and we thank you that God is love. God, without having love, God, we couldn't even operate in the gifts. And we couldn't even operate with the fruit of the Spirit. So we thank you for the love that shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. God, we thank you that it's not about us. It's all about you. Because we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So God, as I stand before your people today, God, I trust you. I lean and depend on you as I open my mouth to teach. You have already filled it, God. I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned, God, that I will know, God, how to speak to those that are weary, God. I just thank you and I praise you on today for doing exploits in this place, God. I thank you, God, and I give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Open your Bibles or open your phones, or open your tablets to Genesis, the third chapter. Let us go back there this morning. Amen. We want to hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us on today. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm so, so excited because God always have a word for his people. But let me do a salah right now. Teresa Waddell. Just lift your arms and run down this aisle and shake loose and shake free. Because he's already freed you. The burden has already been lifted. Even before the weight came, God said, I already lifted. Hallelujah. I have already set free. I have heard your cries. Hallelujah. I have heard your silent moans. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the suddenly in her life. I thank you, God, for a right now miracle. God, we give you glory. Hallelujah. We bless your name, God. We honor you today. You are to be glorified. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that her dependency is upon you and no other. Thank you, God. I hear her say, God, if you don't do it, nobody else can. God, I give you glory. God, everything that has went in her ear, God, that was not of you, God. I thank you for the emptying out in Jesus' name. God, we give you glory. We bind the spirit of despondency right now in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of despair and oppression and depression. God, I speak that she is loose from it right now in the name of Jesus. God, every shackle that the enemy tried to shackle her with, every chain, we speak that it has been broken in Jesus' name. Now, God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus now covering her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. God, we give you glory, honor, and praise, God, in Jesus' name. Glory to your name, God. We honor you on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Genesis, the third chapter, I believe everybody's there. You should be. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God have said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God do know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. I want to talk again on falsified thinking. 
when we look at falsified thinking, it is thinking that is altered so as to mislead made false. It's falsely created or altered in order to deceive. So that's what falsified thinking is. And we see here in the beginning, it was some thinking that was altered due to what was being said. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take the word of God. He wants to twist the word. He does not want us to take the word for what it is. Why? Because he is a deceiver. He is an accuser of the brethren. He is a liar. He's a murderer from the beginning. He abode from the truth. Satan does not like truth. So he wants to oppose the truth because he know knowing the truth is what's going to make you free. So he don't want you to be free according to the word of God, because the Bible says that when you know the truth, then you are what free indeed. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. So knowing the truth is what frees you. So the enemy does not want you to know that because he is a liar. He's a deceiver. Deceiver. He's the father of all lies. Let me say it again. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is a trickster. He is a schemer. And the enemy want to take what God meant for good and he want to turn it into evil. This is why the word of God says, if you allow reward evil for good, evil will not leave your house. If you reward evil for good, evil will not leave your house. Anything that you accept in your house as evil will stay in your house. God is not about evil. He is about good. This is why we are about truth because God is true. And he said, let every man become a liar. So when we know what truth is, we do not try to sugarcoat it. We do not try to change it just to please man. We're out to please God and not man. No matter how much the truth hurt a person, we must tell them truth. Because when you don't tell them truth, you become a liar. That means you're serving the father of all lies. Quit trying to go around the truth. You need to tell the truth. Because knowing the truth is what makes you free. The enemy does not want you to be free in him, in God, in your salvation. He wants you to be in bondage. He wants you to be tied up. Because he knows that he is going to be tied up. He knows where his destination is going and he don't want to go by himself. So we have to know the truth. He opposes the truth because he is a liar. So you see what he did. When I say that he used what God created, everything God created in the beginning was good. So the enemy is taking good and he's making it bad. He took the serpent which God created. He used the serpent because the serpent was clever. That means he was intelligent um, uh, of all the beasts, that the crawling creatures that God had made. The ones that he had made, the serpent was the most intelligent one. This is why God said, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. God knows his creation. So Satan knew that he could use that serpent, but that serpent had to give him permission for him to use him just like us. I don't care how long you're saved. The majority of us let Satan use us every day. Because we allow him to put thoughts before us that don't line up with the word. And we begin to say what he wants us to say. So we let him use us. But the good thing is when we recognize what Satan is doing, we got the authority. We got right over him to dismiss these lies and not stand on them. Even if we make a mistake, we go back and apologize. Guess what we're doing? We're changing it. We're making it right according to the word of God. So he used that serpent. He was so familiar with everything that God had made was good that when the serpent was talking to her, that was nothing unusual for her because she was about good because God created everything good. How many of us hang around people and based upon their actions, we think that they're good. And we trust them because they say the right thing. They say what we want to hear. So we trust them and we depend on them. But later on, we find out you were lying to me. You were not telling. That's, that's the most hurt right there. When a person find out 
you were seriously lying, lying to me. I was coming to you with my problems. I was coming to you about my marriage. I was coming to you about my children. And you sat there and you lied to me. You knew what truth was, but you refused to give me the truth. So Eve trusted the serpent. And she believed what he was saying. So the serpent began to talk to Eve. And the serpent began to ask Eve, did God really say? And sometimes this is what comes in our minds too when we're going through. When we have a word from the Lord, we get doubts. We get uncertainty. He was bringing doubt. He was bringing uncertainty there. He wanted her to waver. And the Bible says a double-minded man, according to James chapter 1, is unstable in all of his ways. So the enemy want to put things before you to make you doubt, to make you be uncertain to what God has said. So he said, did God really say, you shall not eat? of the fruit of the garden. So he was trying to make her, trying to make the word of God seem as if this is what the word was saying. But God tell us, don't take away from my word, don't add to my word, according to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. When we take away from God's word, we're not going to get the effect that God's word supposed to bring us. He knows that. We have to understand that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will what? Eat the fruit thereof. So the enemy want us to speak opposite to what the word of God is saying because he want us to speak death instead of life. How does he get us to speak death instead of life? By putting thoughts in our head opposite to the word of God to tell us like he told Eve, did God really say? So as Eve listened to him, she began to repeat what God said. She knew what God had said. And I believe she knew what God had said because Adam told her what God had said. But she began to put in the word of God, we cannot touch it. That's not what God said. But she added to the word and God said, don't add to it. Don't take away from it. So she began to tell him and then the enemy After he put the uncertainty and after he put the doubt there, she said, if we eat of this tree, we will die. He said, you shall not die. See, he was telling her part truth. She was going to die spiritually, but she was not going to die physically. So the enemy give you part truth. This is why we as believers have to know what the word of God is saying to us for ourselves. It go back to the woman that was at the well when Jesus was speaking to her and telling her she didn't have one husband, but she had five husbands. So she perceived that he was a prophet. Jesus was operating in a word of knowledge. So she knew that he was a prophet. But after he began to tell her all about herself and she spent that time with him for herself, she began to go to other people and tell them about Jesus, about this man that she had met. See, when you get into the word of God for yourself, I'm telling you, the word of God brings you so much life. It gives you so many answers to many problems if you would take the time to get into the word because the word is your medicine. This is why God said, according to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, my son, pay attention to my word, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life unto those that find them and their health to all flesh. That means if you want to receive some medicine, if you want health to your flesh, You got to get into the word of life. This is where life come from. This is where your medicine come from. The devil don't want you to take your medicine. And by no means do he want you to overdose. Because if you overdose on this, he know he's going to really get it. So this is why he want to steer you away from the word of God. Or if you in the word of God so much, he's going to make you think that you too intelligent that you're better than anybody else and nobody know the word like you. Mm, Somebody needed that. You can take a person that don't stay in the word all day long and grasp the word of God for what God is saying. See, some people, what they do, they get scriptures and they quote, the quote, the quote, the quote, the quote, the quote. Some people want people to know, I know 
the Bible. But quoting the Bible don't mean you have revelation of the Bible. You got to have insight of the Bible. This is why Paul was saying, he was praying for them in Ephesians. He was saying, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. That the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our heart will be enlightened. That we will know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above thrones, dominions, and mights. See, when you know what the word of God is saying, you know that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in you. You know that you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You know all of this is in you so you will know about your inheritance that's in Christ. That is the difference from quote to quote to quote. You quoting what you know and what you believe and what you have experienced for yourself. You ain't quoting it because I quoted it and you want people to know you quoted it. You're quoting it because you know what the word is saying unto you. That the word gives you life. The word's supposed to bring life. And it's supposed to give you that Zoe life. Everlasting life. A life that don't stop. That don't come to an end. That's the life that Jesus died for us to have. A Zoe life. An abundant life. That's what I want. That abundant life. I don't want to wait until I'm up in heaven and hell there for seven years and haven't experienced the Zoe life here on earth because whatever God give us down here he want us to experience it so people know his kingdom is here on earth let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so we want people to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And that way y'all. We don't have to wait to walk on the streets of gold. Because see God can openly show us what's ours here on earth. So we won't be so amazed. At the things that we're seeing. See some of us are so amazed. When we see people heal. We're so amazed when we see people um, get this or that. That you said it shouldn't be no amazement in that. When you know what you already have. So here we go with Eve telling Satan what God said. And then he's coming back and he's twisting the word of God again. And see, the enemy is just, he's not going to leave you alone. The enemy is going to keep coming until he can plant that seed of doubt. Until he can plant that seed of unbelief. Until he can plant that seed that represents darkness, that represents death. So you cannot receive what God has already provided. So when he brought all this to her, that's when her eyes began to look upon what God told her. You cannot have. Anything that God tell us we can't have, the enemy keep our eyes upon it. He keep bringing it to us. He can, and we be watching it and looking at it. And the more we watch it, the more we look at it, the more we want it. This is why it says, if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he is already what? Slept with that woman because he's lusting after that woman. The more you look at that woman, the more you staring at that woman, that the more you desiring to have that woman, then next thing you know, you already had that woman and you're going after what you've been desiring. So this is why the enemy tried to put these falsified thoughts, this thinking in us so we can do what he would have us to do. But she began to look at the tree. That's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three things that the enemy uses to take our eyes off of God, to take our eyes off of things in heaven instead of Putting our mind on things above and not on things of this earth. So we have to be able to watch as well as pray. And sometimes, y'all, we watch in so many things outside of the word of God that it becomes so much a part of us. Nobody can tell you any different. You begin to believe what you believe. 
You believe everything outside the word from a person that don't even know God and a person that know God telling you the truth and you looking at them like they crazy. Because you ain't spending that time with God that you need to spend time. The time that you need to spend with him, you spending it somewhere else. So God began to add more to this teaching. We know last week he was showing me Nehemiah, y'all. Y'all know Nehemiah was a builder. And he was building that wall because it was a burden on his heart. Nehemiah had such a burden for the people of God. He went in to build the wall. And as he was building the wall, y'all know he had enemies that was coming against him. So what am I saying to you today? You're going to have people that are going to oppose you. The more you get into the things of God, the more opposition you're going to have. The higher you get with him, the more demons are going to come at you trying to bring you back down because the enemy wants you to think that you're not hearing what God is telling you to do. So you're going to react according to what you're focused on. So we see Nehemiah, what Nehemiah did, what kept him going. In the beginning, Nehemiah prayed. Each time the enemy came at him, he still prayed. But then they came at him in Nehemiah 6 and they began to make false statements about what Nehemiah was doing. And that was not what Nehemiah was doing. But they wanted the people to believe false statements so they can come against Nehemiah. But Nehemiah knew that they were lying. And Nehemiah said, I'm not coming down to you. And the things that you're saying is false. It is not true. It's what you have made up in your mind. It's what you have um, brought out of your heart. These are false imaginations. They are not real. See, you have to know what the word of God is saying before you can try to pull something down. Some of us are pulling things down, but we haven't been in the word of God to know whether it's truth or whether it's a lie. So we want to make sure we know the truth. But God began to show me something else in this teaching. We talked about Satan, how he's a murderer, he's a liar, he's a deceiver, he's an accuser of the brethren. John chapter 8, Revelations chapter 12 will tell you how he's a deceiver. When, then we want to go into Mark eleven twenty three again. I'm just going back over the teaching to add some to it. We see that Jesus had cursed the fig tree and he had cursed that tree because that tree was not doing what he created it to do. And he didn't want that tree to fool anybody else, so he cursed the tree. Now, in the natural, that tree did not look like it was cursed. That tree still looked like it was alive. But Jesus left that tree. He went about his father's business. And then when they came back to that tree, they saw that that tree was dead. So Jesus began to tell them to have faith in God. So he began to tell them, whatsoever you say to this mountain, you got to speak to this mountain. He's telling us when things are going wrong in our lives, I'm talking about what God is saying. Remember, we have to stand on what God is saying. So I'm going to ask you with part of this teaching, what have God said to you? Whatever God has said to you, it's not going to change. It is not going to be altered. It is what's written. God does not change his word. His word is forever settled in heaven. Let me say it again. His word is forever settled in heaven. If you're in prayer, if you're in conversation with God, if you're in fellowship with God and God is giving you a word, you stand on that word because that word is not going to change. Now, let me tell you why you standing on that word. You're going to have opposition because of that very word. That's what was going on with Daniel. Daniel had opposition. He was in spiritual warfare because of the word of God. But guess what? The battle was already won. See, the enemy was coming at Daniel because of that word. He didn't want him to receive life from that word. So he was bringing opposition Daniel's way. But guess what? God let him know from the very beginning, Daniel, that you prayed. He said, your word was already on the way, but there was some opposition. God already heard him from the very beginning. You got to know that when you pray in God's word, God hears his word. God is subject unto his word. Because the Bible tells us that God, again, is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man, that he shall repent. That means he's not going to change his mind. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? 
Shall I not make it good? Now, let me go back to this. He didn't say you make it good. He said he'll make it good. See, our problem is we get a word from the Lord and we try to make it work. You don't have to try to make God's word work. You're just a carrier of the word. And God's word is always at work. See, when you're trying to work God's word, you out of faith. You out of believing God. When you're trying to tell God what to do and how to do it, you're working that word. But the only thing you do is carry that word, begin to speak that word, and the word will take care of itself. When the word of God says, by Jesus Christ, you are healed. I'm talking about what God is saying. If he said, by Jesus Christ, you were healed, you don't go on your body hurting to determine if you were healed. You go on what the word of God said. If the word of God said it, it ain't based on you. Your body is based on his word. So if your body is still aching, if your body is still cutting the food, God's word don't change. It's going to remain the same. So you're going to stand on that word and you're going to say, body, this is what the word say. You are healed. I ain't going on you cutting up. I ain't going on you acting up. This is what God says. And this is what you're going to do today. And you're going on about your business. But if you stand in there waiting for change with your body, you done doubted. You done wavered. If you check in your body to see if it's gone, you done wavered. If you keep walking the floor to try to get it gone, you done wavered. You're not standing on this word. You're not standing on what God said. You're standing on how you feel. I'm going to get you with another one. If your body ain't hurting no more and you saying you heal, you still in doubt. Because regardless if it hurt or if it don't hurt, healing don't change. Healing remains the same. So just because we may feel good today, we're saying we heal. That don't mean you heal because your body is saying you feel good. You heal because the word said you heal. See, we're getting it twisted. We wait to feel good to say we heal. We feel pain and we say we're not healed. That's wavering. But when we say regardless of what the body is doing, I'm still healed. I'm still delivered. I'm still set free. I don't have to wait on pain to leave to say I'm healed. I don't have to wait to see if my body is okay to say it's okay. I'm still what God's word says that I am. Come on, I'm going to do it again. Regardless of what my body do, I am what the word say I am. I am what God says I am. And another thing we do, we want people to agree with us when we go to the lawyer's office, when we go to the doctor's office for a good report. You in doubt because you already got the good report before you go. Regardless of what they say, it doesn't change the word. The word don't change based on man. Let me go say it again. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? His word remains the same outside of what anybody says. That's what we stand on. We don't waver. No matter what it looked like. We say what God has said. We do what God says to do. If God said it, it's final. Ain't no more taking it back. It's what he says. It's not based on you, not based on me. It's based on him and based on him. He don't lie. He don't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changed not. If he said it, then that's what he's doing. He's not going outside of what he said. And that's the part we missed. And that's the part the enemy want us to miss. The enemy want us to focus on our pain. He want us to focus on our hurt. He want us to focus on broken marriages. He want us to focus on our children. He want us to focus on doing this, doing that, doing the other. That means that we're not resting in what he already done. Our focus should be on this is what God said. This is what I'm doing. I don't receive nothing else. And that means you shut everybody off. Everybody that's coming against what you believe, you shut the door. That's what Jesus did. 
Jesus didn't bring no doubters in with him. Sometimes you got to shut the door on your spouse. You got to shut the door on your children. You got to shut the door on your associates. You got to shut the door. You got to shut them off and say, you speaking outside of what God's word says. I don't want to hear that. That's not what he says. Now I know why my granddaddy was so adamant on think so. He had to keep his mind so focused on what was so that he didn't want to hear what was not so. Even though in the natural it seemed so, he said it thinks so. So what are we focused on so much that we're making it so? Is it the word? Or is it doubt? So this is what the enemy want. He want our minds off of what's so. He want our minds off of what's true. So he want our thinking to be falsified. He want our thinking to be altered and changed. The more focus you put on something, that's what it becomes. That's what you look for. That's your reality. The more you focus on a person and how they hurt you, that's what you're living in hurt. So nobody else that comes in your life is good enough. Because that pain and that hurt and that disappointment that you've been storing up. See, the enemy uses that so you cannot even get into a circle with real folks, the ones that really know God. Because everything else is falsy. It's, 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 it's been altered. So God wants us to focus so much on his word that anything that, that tries to come in outside of his word, we reject it. We cast it down. We say, no, that's not about my father. That's not about what I'm going to do. That's not how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it according to the word of God. When we go back into the word of God, God showed me this. Go with me to 1 Kings, the 13th chapter, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but you can go back and read it. There was a prophet that God sent. And this prophet was talking to Jeroboam and he was um, telling Jeroboam what was going to happen. And Jeroboam reached out his hands to seize this prophet, but his hand dried up and he couldn't even pull his hand back in. So he told this prophet, the man of God, to speak to God about his arm and he did and his arm got restored. But then he told the man, he said, come back with me. You know, he wanted to reward him. The man of God said, he said, I cannot eat with you. I cannot drink with you. I can't even go the way that I have came according to the word of God. Now he had the word from God that God told him. God told him what to do and what not to do. He had the word. So this man, he left, but um, this other prophet children saw what had happened dealing with this prophet. So they went back and told their father about it. When they told him about it, he went to this prophet, this man of God, and he asked him to come back to his house with him. And he said, no, I cannot come back according to the word of God. He said, he told me not to eat, not to drink, not to even go back the way I came. The man of God began, the, the other prophet began to tell him that God had sent him to tell him it was okay. To go back with him. How many of us have a word from the Lord? And we know that's what God is saying. And then the enemy sends somebody that we're familiar with. Maybe a prophet, but it can be a false prophet. And we take that prophet word over the word that God has given us. By him doing this, this man end up dying. That's what the enemy is about. He's about death. When God gives you a word, you have to stand on that word. You don't take any other word except the word that God has given you. And understand that when God gives you that word, you may not understand it. You may not understand what God is doing right then. But you have to trust God enough to know that God knows what he's doing in your life. And sometimes, even when we have that word, y'all, things begin to come. They begin to attack us. They begin to get worse. And we're feeling like, well, God, did you really say this? Come on, they go to doubt. 
God, I'm really going through something right now. God, I'm getting a negative report instead of getting a, a positive report. But we have to build ourselves up. How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? Through speaking in our heavenly language, through speaking in tongues. That's going to build you up in your most holy faith. That's going to keep you in the love of God. That's going to keep you focused on what God is saying and not what the enemy want to bring in your life. Y'all, we have so many weapons. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not carnally weapons. What are they? They're the weapons that God give us to pull down strongholds. And we have to use those weapons when we have a word. Going back to um, Jesus. Remember when Mary was carrying Jesus. The enemy was after that seed. The enemy was after that word. Come on, Gabriel gave her the word. And that word was planted on the inside of her. She received that word. She became pregnant with that word. She said, according to your word, be it unto me. Mary didn't understand this, but she knew who God was. She knew she hadn't been with a man, but she said, God, how is this going to be? And when God explained to her that the power of the Holy Ghost was going to come upon her, and then she will become pregnant with Jesus. So she said, be it unto me according to your word. This is what God wants from us, y'all. When he give us a word, we should say, be it unto me according to your word. Now, the moment that you accept that word, it's going to be planted in your heart. But you got to keep that word. You got to guard that word with all diligence. You got to guard it. Because if you don't guard it, the enemy is going to come take that word because you don't understand it at the time. But when you meditate on that word day and night and you observe to do all that's written therein, you're going to prosper. You're going to have good success. Mary took that word. God didn't let Mary go by herself either. He got her husband right, Joseph, to go with her to help protect that seed, protect that word. That's why God has some people praying for you that you don't know anything about. Because he's protecting that seed. He's sending encouragement to you. And guess what? That seed was delivered. Why? Because they stood on that word. Even though the enemy was trying to kill that seed, he couldn't get to that seed because they was trusting God more than they were trusting anybody else. God told Joseph what to do. He told them where to go. Joseph had to be obedient to God outside of what was happening. So what word has God given you that you have aborted? What word? If God told you that you were healed and the pain become more intense, did you abort that word? Did you get rid of that word because you said that word is not working for me? So I'm going to go another route. And then the other route you go, you living with damage for the rest of your life because you wouldn't take God at his word. Come on, we want quick fixes, y'all. We want to be fixed quick. I don't know about you. I don't want to stay in pain. That's why I have to stay in my word and I have to remind myself, God, this is not what you said. God, this is what you said. This is what I choose to believe. Do you think thoughts don't come and attack? Yes, they do. But I have to bind those thoughts. I have to tell them, you don't rule me. I rule you. you. I have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I got to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You got to get rid of that's not of God. And if you don't get rid of it, guess what? That's where your doubt, that's where your uncertainty is coming in. You have to say, God, your word is true. Let every other thing in my life become a liar. And this is what God is teaching the church. How to stand. You got to have on your whole armor of God. But before that, he said, doing all, stand. He said, this is how you're going to get through the wiles of the enemy, the schemes, the tricks, the deceit. You got to have on your whole armor. I have found out that people, when they want something in the natural and they make up their mind, they'll drop everything to get it. But I have found out people ain't dropping the natural stuff for the supernatural. They spending more time naturally than they are supernaturally meaning that if a doctor told you to quit eating certain foods are you going to die within three months you don't quit cold turkey you don't shut your body down 
Don't matter no more. I ain't get it out my face. You know I can't eat that. Don't bring that in this house. You got a demand on that because you're looking at your life. You got a Bible that's full of everything you need. And you won't even pick it up. And you allowing everything to come in your house to cuss God out, curse God out. And you won't even tell it to leave your house. But when it comes to things naturally that you want, that you feel like going to benefit you, you totally cut it off. Something's wrong, church. We should be in this word more than we're in anything else. Because at the end of the day, the word is the only thing that's going to keep us. He said, heaven and earth is going to pass away. But he said, my word is going to remain. See, the enemy got us twisted in our thinking. He has altered our thinking, thinking that we're doing what's right for us. When the word of God is what gives us spirit and what gives us life. He said, the word is what quickens you. The spirit is what quickens you. The flesh profit you nothing. The words I speak to you today, they are spirit and they are life. The word is going to bring you life. It's going to bring you health. It's going to bring you everything that you need. But you got to take the time and get in the word. That's the only way way your thinking is going to change for heavenly things and not earthly things. We got to set our minds on things that are above and not things on this earth. If you make up your mind to get into this word and let this word get into you and move yourself out of the way of everything else, you will see progress. You will see change in your life. Do not get in this word because you got a bad report. Then after everything changed, you out of the word. That's not right. You got to stay in this word. You got to keep this word before your eyes on a daily basis. That's the only way you're going to know what's true, what's of truth, and what's of error. Because, y'all, we have false prophets. We have false teachers that are in the church. Some of us are agreeing with falsified things because we're not in the word. It sounds right, but it ain't right. This is why Paul warned them against false teachers. He warned them, he said, anyone who's preaching any other gospel except the gospel that I have preached, let him be a curse according to God, the book of Galatians. How do you know if it's the false gospel? Because you in the word of God, you know what the word of God is saying. You got revelation, you got illumination according to that word. And you will say, I don't receive that. That's not what God is saying. You don't take everything from everybody because they got a title in front of their name. Just because they carry a title don't mean they're carrying the truth. I'm going to say it again. Just because they're carrying a title don't mean they're carrying the truth. Just because they got bishop, just because they got apostle, just because they got prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher don't mean that they're carrying the truth. That's just a title. And some with titles, God didn't even give them that title. That's a title they gave themselves. You finding out that it's people now that's popping up out the woodwork that people have trusted that's as false teachers, that are false prophets. God warned y'all of this, I don't know how many times. People that you following, that you're sowing into, you finding out they ain't all what you thought they were. But let me tell you what's happening when you follow false teachers and false prophets. You get from them what you're paying for. Whatever's on their life is on your life. If there's a, if they're a thief and a robber, you a thief and a robber. Cause that's what you following. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. You don't follow titles. You don't follow people just because they can quote this Bible from the front to the back, from the back to the front and pronouncing words. So how can I say it? Don't eloquent. Thank you, apostle. And now you're trying to announce words like that. You're trying to follow their dialect. No, you don't do that. You are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. See, we got to be free when we're teaching God's people. We got to have our ears and our hearts open to go the way that God would have us to go. Not the way that we think we need to go. Just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Look at there. They were so up in the um, the books of the Bible, you know, the, the law. 
And then they end up making their own laws. They end up making their own tradition. And the Bible says the traditions of men make the word of God a none effect. Have y'all ever really thought about? And see, this is why I did the teaching on the patterns of God. Because churches are set up by man, not God. They go by what man want to do. And in some churches, the deacon rule the pastor. That ain't how it's supposed to happen. No. The deacon don't supposed to tell the pastor what to do and how to do it and when to do it. That's out of order. That's not God's way of setting up the church. Every joint in the church supply. God do have somebody that's leading because you got to have a lead. You got to have somebody that's carrying out the order of God and giving it to the body of Christ. You got to have that. But we got people in the body of Christ trying to tell people what to do and how to do it. And God didn't even set them in that place. So you got to know who's the hand, who's the toe, who's the mouth. You got to know everything. That's why you get taught through the word of God. So we can make sure we're lining up with his way and not man's way. Because the tradition of men make the word of God a none effect. How do you know when you're in tradition, when you're in bondage? You should not be in bondage to no man. You should be free. (laughs) Because whom the son sets free is free indeed. You should not be in bondage to paying tithes. Thinking that if I don't pay my tithes, then I'm going to die. This right here is going to happen. You shouldn't be in bondage to no man. Christ has set us free. We're free from the law. Jesus came to fulfill it, but he didn't come to do away with it. So we need to know, y'all, what the word of God is saying to us. Whatever the word is saying, that's what we stand on. That's what we do. We don't go outside of the word of God. The more you get into this word and the word get into you, you can live that life. You don't have to worry about trying to keep up with the Joneses. You just live in your life in Christ. You knowing that you are a new creation. You knowing that things have changed in the spirit. You don't have to be what you're not. Amen. Go with me to Romans, the fourth chapter. We already heard about this man. His name is Abraham. And we know what Abraham did. God told him he was going to be a father of what? Of many nations. And Abraham believed God. And when Abraham believed God, he knew that how his body was. He knew how Sarah's body was. But what did Abraham do? He did not consider. Meaning that he knew. But he did not consider. He did not ponder on how his body was, how Sarah's body was. He was fully persuaded at what God said. He stuck to what God spoke outside of how he felt. So we got to stick to what God is saying, y'all. We cannot go outside of what God is saying. And another thing that I, I have learned and I'm learning, don't just speak the word without getting guidance from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what word do I need to speak over this situation? Sometimes we'll pull a word and that might not be the word God want to use. So when we spend time with God, the Holy Spirit will say, speak this. You know how the prophets in the Bible, they can only speak according to what God would have them to speak. Like Elijah, he said, there's not going to be any rain according to the word of, of the Lord. He was going on what God was saying. He couldn't add to it. He couldn't take away from it. And guess what? It wasn't any rain. So we have to spend time with him to know what word to speak in this season. We have to know what God wants us to speak over each, each individual. So when we go into prayer, we'll say, God, you know what Barbara need. I don't know what she need, but you know what she need. So Lord, what, what do you want me to speak over Barbara today? Because you know what's going on in her life. And then as you get quiet before the Lord, the Lord begin to give you a word for Barbara and you begin to speak it out in the atmosphere over Barbara's life. And then Barbara come back and she say, y'all, I don't know what had happened, but I know change have come. Seemed like something was upon me. Don't know what it was, but I feel more freer than I have ever felt. And you saying, thank you, Lord. That was the word that the Lord sent for Barbara. So we have to learn to wait on the Lord to know what God is saying in this season. But the most important thing is getting into the word of God, having our minds transformed and changed. So we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be what? By the renewing of our mind. Y'all right now, my spirit is so grieved because I'm seeing so many people grabbing hold to so many things of this world. 
and they're standing on what the world is doing and they're listening to what the world is doing and they're going by what the world is doing. Yes, the gas prices have gone up, but God is the supplier. He shall, so I don't care how high they go, he's my supplier. He know where I need to be and when I need to be there. So I don't have to just cut things off according to him because the grass prices went up. If I'm doing things in alignment with him, I don't have to park my car and get on a bicycle. Not unless he tell me to. That ain't the order of God. I don't have to quit going to visit people because the gas prices went up. Come on, you quoting the quote, you this and you that. And all of a sudden the gas prices come up. Well, I can't come see you this week. Not unless you give me some gas. That's not standing on God's word. Things are going to change in this world, but that don't mean you change. That don't mean you change. God knew the change was coming before it came. So that don't stop you from doing what you do because God is your supplier. God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It ain't by your paycheck. You know your paycheck ain't changed, but God will give you what you need. And you will know, you will say, God, I ain't, I don't have a raise, but God, I still got money in the bank with the gas prices up. You know why? Because you being obedient to God. You doing what his words say do. You don't cut back on your tithes because the gas went up to put it in your tank. Somebody needed it. You don't cut back on God because things have changed. Why are you pulling back on God and you still serving the world? You don't pull back on God. You don't change your giving because prices change. If anything, your giving should be higher, not going lower. You don't pull back on God because somebody made you mad. Come on, you in darkness. You ain't in light. Light don't do that. You stand on God's word regardless if somebody hates you. You still do what God tells you to do. You love them. If you were giving to them and they hate you, keep giving to them. It's going to change that hate into love and say, you were giving to me. Even when I mistreated you, you were still there for me. I know you serving a God. Why do we change? Because of falsified thinking. Because we sit there and we try to think about it. We try to figure it out. Well, I can't give to these people no more. Gas prices went up. Well, I can't do this right here no more. Gas prices went up. Well, I can't go eat a piece of chicken no more from Bojangles. I'm going to go back to McDonald's. Why are you going down? You're supposed to be elevating. Come on, you just moved up to Bojangles. You left McDonald's. Why are you going back to McDonald's? Well, I got the budget myself. That's you. You ain't standing on God. Whatever you doing should not change. God don't change y'all. He rem- this is what I'm saying. Falsified thinking. You trying to think about making it right. That means you in doubt and unbelief. Because when you standing on the word of God, you don't change what God told you to do. That's disobedience. You continue to feed whomever God tell you to feed. That's how you know the hands of God is at work because you ain't missing nothing. You don't make your fist tighter because of a change in the world. You loosen up them fists and you be ready to give more because you serve a mighty God. That's the difference. You don't tighten your wallet or put a lock on your purse because things have changed. When you get into the word of God, you stand on what he's saying regardless of what have changed. I remember even dealing with this church, y'all. Whatever God told me to do, I knew it wasn't no money there. But I didn't consider that. I went forward with what God said. I said, God, you already knew there's no money here. But this is what you're telling me to do, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I'm, I'm going back to this because this is going to help someone. When we was in Little House on the Perry and we was building that room on the front of that Little House on the Perry. My husband informed me it wasn't no money to build that room and the man needed his money. I said, well, I know what God told me because in the beginning, my husband and Jennifer said, ain't no bathroom going out there. But I knew what God said. And I'm no builder. I was being like Noah who built the ark. God said, build it and we're going to build it. 
See, what God was doing, he was testing me. He was going to see if I was going to listen to my husband and Jennifer more than I was going to listen to him. See, I was supernatural. They were natural. Not that they were against me. They were just telling me what they felt like wouldn't work. But I knew what God said. So I said, God, this is what you're saying. This is what I want to do. We got the man over there. He told us how much. Check the bank. It wasn't there. I said, nope, God, this is what you said. This is what we're going to do. By the time the man finished, the money was there to pay the man. So this is what I'm telling you. When you trust God, God will give you what you need. I don't know if Jennifer remember this. Me and Jennifer would go over there and there was wire in the building. The people come from Australia, Ohio, everywhere, and they needed some supplies. We didn't have no money to get them no supplies, but guess what? It come to my attention. I said, you know what? I'm going to go out here to this supply store and I'm going to open up me an account. Now, I was led to do this. Normally, they don't give you no account. When you just a new customer, whatever, but I was led to do it. I went out there and they gave me the account. We got all the supplies we need. Next thing was paying the account. Account was paid. See, when you led of the spirit of God, when you standing on his word outside of what it looked naturally, God is revealing himself and letting people know I'm God outside of what you see. Now, God is not going to let me owe no man nothing but to love him. So you know what God did? God made sure they were paid so I didn't have to be in bondage to them. I didn't have to be a slave. Then there was another time we needed equipment for the church. And I told my husband, let's go get some equipment. My husband looking at me, y'all, like I'm crazy because my husband was just coming into the ministry, just getting his feet wet. But see, I was trusting God. I was walking by faith. I said, pull me up to the door. So he pulled me up to the door. He know why he was pulling me up to the door. I had a check in my hand. Now listen carefully. I'm being obedient to God. God told me to go in there and write a check for equipment. It wasn't no money in the bank. I'm not telling you. Now if you go out and say, I tell you to pull out a check and write a check with no money in your bank, then that's the devil. I'm telling you the spirit told me to do this. Okay. So when he told me to do it, and I told my husband, pull up to the door. Y'all, this is what happened, though. God told me to get the biggest, uh, I can't remember what it was, they had in the store. I didn't do it. I looked at the smallest one and got that one. So he told me, just write the check, get the bigger one. Nah, I ain't going to do that. I'm write the check, though. Wrote the check. Next, the Sunday we went in the church, the tide was over what I needed. It was in the bank because I walked by faith. This ministry for 22 years have walked by nothing but faith and not by sight. Jennifer's a living witness. Books would always be in red. And that's when God would say, now I want you to go do this. Okay. I had some crazy faith. Y'all still got some. I said, okay, this is, this is exactly what I'll do. And I would hear what he said. See, some of y'all want a ministry. Oh, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Some of y'all want a ministry. You want to preach. You want to teach. But you don't want to do what it takes for that ministry. You don't want to give when it hurts. You don't want to give up what belonged to you for somebody else. Because you think it belonged to you. Until you can learn how to give when it hurt, you cannot come behind this pulpit. Until you can learn when somebody put seven cards in your hand and you can issue those cards, the cars out and they're not yours. You can't come behind this pulpit. People wonder. Y'all could have kept all that stuff. It wasn't mine to keep. I'm a steward over what God gives me. So this is why we have so much coming in because we give so much out. Because we're doing what the words say. Give. And it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, running over, shall men given to you. That's a promise from God. Did it look like it was coming in? No. But I did what he told me to do. So it was up to him to manifest what I'm believing. Now, I didn't do it just to do it to get something. See, I'm not gambling. I did it according to what he said when I'm in prayer with him. 
See, I have learned to trust God in spite of what I have. This is why we have gotten so far, me and my husband, because we come together. We unify. And we talk about, okay, this needs to be done. Let's see what God has to say. We know we don't have it, and I sure hadn't asked y'all for it. Mm -mm. If anything break down, God, you said. You said that you would bless me. You told me if I leave, didn't he say father, mother, sister, brother, for the word's sake, he will bless you a hundredfold. You better get the blessing because that's what you said. So we have to stand on his word, y'all, no matter what. When you start looking to man to do anything, then that's when you start doubting God. So we got to quit having falsified thinking. We got to have our thinking to line up with what God's word is saying. And I'm here to tell you, God will do exactly what he said he will do. And, and I'm going to tell you, not only for us, I look at my children, even Jeremy sitting over there, the things that Jeremy have went through and how he was obedient to what the word of God told him. How many of y'all know that when you want to work and you have a heart to work, it seems like nobody want to hire you to work, but your heart is to work. Or when you're working and you've done nothing wrong and the enemy comes in like a flood. That's when the spirit of the living God is supposed to rise up on the inside of you. I remember my son had a job making good for a, a week, making good money, doing very well. But the problem was he had somebody that he was riding with that was jealous over him. The reason why they were jealous is because they were training him and he knew more than them. So he would cut in and try to help them out. They didn't like that. So when it was time for him to get the truck that they were in, the enemy tried to stop him and then they fired him for no reason. And I remember my son called me that day. And this is the thing that God does. See, when you're in ministry, even when you're going through, you got to set yourself aside. And then you got to begin to lift up someone else even when you going through that was a day I was going through the enemy was coming at me but when my son called y'all it was just like the spirit of the living God rose up in me and said the devil is alive and he was telling me he said mama I don't understand seem like every time I do something good seem like these things happen and I began to encourage him and tell him what the Lord was going to do so guess what the Lord was doing he was testing Jeremy and trying Jeremy looked like nothing was coming his way so I remember one day in prayer, I began to seek the Lord and I began to ask the Holy Spirit, how do I pray for my son? And the Holy Spirit told me how to pray for him. And the Lord let me know somebody was going to be calling Jeremy and he was going to have him a job. And I began to decree and declare that thing. How about a man called Jeremy from another plant that Jeremy shouldn't even been at and said he don't even pull applications, but his application he saw it in the computer, and he want him to come work for him. Let me tell you, y'all, God is a good God. The more time you spend with him, God speaks to you. He tells you what to speak and how to speak, and the angels carry that word, but you got to stand on that word. Quit trying to fix stuff for people. See what God has to say. Sometimes God say, leave it alone. They got to go through the fire. They got to go through it. You just keep lifting them up that they have the strength to go through what they're going through. But you leave that alone. He said, because I'm getting them to a place with me that they can trust me more than they trust man. So go into the word. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Begin to meditate on the word so you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will not be moved when storms come. It takes time, y'all. Sister Loretta, don't you give up. Your prayers have not been in vain. God hear your cries from afar off. Sometimes you don't say anything, not even a word, but God hear your heart aching. For the ones that you have been calling out for many years. God said keep standing on that word. He said because I change not. Oh God is raising your son up to be a prayer warrior for the nations. Don't you give up. Don't you doubt. Don't you get frustrated. Because God know the need. He said keep sowing the seed. Because I know the need. And I'm not talking about a seed of money baby. I'm talking about the seeds of faith. 
I'm talking about the seeds of the word. Don't you uproot that word that you've been speaking over your son. Don't you uproot it. Keep watering it. Keep giving God glory for what he has already done. Because God said, I have not forgotten you. God said, even when he was in your womb, he said there was a warfare going on. He said there was a struggle. He is a miracle baby. God said, I have plans for him. He said, don't you abort that seed. Don't you abort it. He said, because I am God. I am El El Yon. I am the most high God. Don't you doubt my word. God said, it is already manifested in the spirit. And it shall come. It shall come. So don't you lose hope. And I even hear him say, even for your daughter. He said, I am doing great things. God said, I am making a spiritual connection. Even words that you have spoken to her, they have not fallen to the ground. God said, because I heard those words. And God said, even with your voice, baby. God said, even with your voice, don't you be afraid to sing out for the glory of the Lord. And every time you minister, even in song, every time you minister, knowing that it is the breath of God. Not you. It is the power of God that's coming out of you and through you. And you don't have to wait on me or nobody else to give you no title. God say you move by the spirit. Move by the spirit. God, I give you glory. I give you honor. God is doing a good work, y'all. And if he's doing a good work in you, don't you come down for nobody else. Quit waiting on people to say something. When you know what God is saying, just do what God is saying. See, traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. If you're waiting on a, a minister certificate, then something is wrong. Because if you can't go out of these doors and you cannot minister in public, don't think God going to let you come in here and do it. When you can't go out there. Amen. So alter your thinking through the word of God. Because it's some falsified um, teaching out here, falsified doctrine, and you will never know unless you get into this word. Get into the word. Let the word get into you. Quit putting so much emphasis on everything else and put more emphasis on the word of God. Y'all, I want to hear life. I don't want to hear death. I want to hear life when I'm around people. I don't want to hear all this mess going on in the world. We're supposed to be coming in prayer and lifting that up to God and going on about our business. Not sitting there talking about that stuff. That drags you down. But the word of God will lift you up through all of that stuff. If we pay more attention to the news than we pay more attention to what's written, then that's what we're looking for, the news. Amen. Not that I'm saying not to watch it if you're watching it, but lift it up through the word. If you can't do that, you need to turn it off because you're going to be subject to their way and not God's way. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, you can come on up and get ready for the announcements, but I'm going to ask Miss Stacy. Miss Stacy looking like, huh? Miss Stacy, I'm going to ask you to come up here, here again. Could I have the